I asked Peter what some of the shows he likes are and some of his favorites, and he mentioned Breaking Bad. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but of course, as we all know, that Walter White was a science teacher, so that's kind of funny. <laughs> Did you? Uh, uh, were you still a teacher when that show was on? I was. I was. One of the more uncomfortable uh, conversations I had was when one of my my students who wasn't doing very well and could very uh, was you know could have been compared, I guess, to Jesse Pinkman. Asked, asked me about the show if I had seen it and like he was wondering if maybe he could go into business I'm like no 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 that is tv like he even he even said I think I could probably get us a motorhome I'm like oh my <laughs> no, god not a chance You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Med Staff with your hosts, Jamie Zarlingo and Nina Granger. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. Today we have another one of our recruiters joining us. He's been with Atlas for about a year. And if you watch any of our content on Facebook, YouTube, uh, you will know him as Peter the Hobbyist, but his full name is Peter Summers. Thank you for joining us, Peter. Right, good morning, Jamie and Nina. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. So the first thing we do with these episodes with our recruiters is just kind of um, have you introduced yourself? Tell us how you found Atlas and just give us a little bit about you. Well, I was a high school science teacher for seven years, then a stay-at-home parent uh, for another seven years. And then when my kids went back to school, I wanted something with a little bit more schedule flexibility, be able to get them on the bus, off the bus. And um, and I had heard about this, uh, heard about Atlas through my brother-in-law who works uh, works closely with uh, on some of the business side of uh, of Atlas, and um, he told me it would be a great spot to look into. He had a great respect for Steve, and put me in contact with him. And over a course of the year, I was communicating back and forth with him, just trying to learn more about it, see if it'd be a good fit. And I I really enjoy it. It's a it's a great company. I feel yeah, you know the values of the company, both towards the our nurses and travelers and the, the uh, internal employees are values you don't find too often in, in companies nowadays. So I, I really, really enjoy it. It's been, it's been a good year. That's awesome. And I would 100% agree. Atlas is a very unique place. So Peter, you're in Minnesota, right? You're one of our remote. I am. Yeah. Ro uh, Rochester, Minnesota, home of, uh, of a good hospital here. So yeah, it's, uh, I've been, I've been around, I've been around healthcare for, for quite a long time. Um, before doing this, I was, you know, a, a teacher, but uh, gr growing up, my mom was a nurse and my sister is a nurse and uh, my wife works at, uh, at the Mayo Clinic. So I've been surrounded by, by healthcare my entire life. I guess I was the, the black sheep having gone into education instead of something healthcare related. Well, now you're part of it too, right? You yep. Yep. <laughs> um, that's funny that you were a science teacher because, and we'll talk about it later, but um, I asked Peter, what some of the shows he likes are and some of his favorites. And he mentioned Breaking Bad. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But of course, as we all know, that Walter White was a science teacher. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> Did you, uh, uh, were you still a teacher when that show was on? I was, I was. One of the more uncomfortable uh, conversations I had was when one of my, my students who wasn't doing very well and could very, uh, was, you know, could have been compared, I guess, to Jesse Pinkman. Asked, asked me about the show if I had seen it and like he was wondering if maybe he could go into business I'm like no 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 that is tv like he even he even said I think I could probably get us a motorhome I'm like oh my <laughs> no, god not a chance but yeah no I was I, I was still teaching when I was when I was watching that I did I did really enjoy the uh the chemistry behind it and you know I I don't know how much the, I assume the chemistry was uh was pretty accurate but it was certainly above the level of, uh, that we cover in, in high school, high school chemistry class. Oh my gosh. I'm glad that you are here at Atlas with us and not working out of a van. <laughs> or owning, owning a car wash. Exactly. <laughs> Very suspiciously buying a car wash and no, nothing yeah. to see here. <laughs> That's too funny. 
All right. So the first question that we always ask is um, probably the most telling question about a person, which is what their favorite movie of all time is. And I got to say, this movie that Peter gave us seems to be a pretty popular one because it was also one of Braden's favorite movies. Peter loves Top Gun. Now tell us why uh, Top Gun is your favorite movie. Well, you know, I, it was, it's a really hard question. What's your favorite of all time? Because, you know, like there's certain movies you watch and like in the moment, it's like, this is a great movie. But when I was, I was thinking about it, what I sort of envisioned as far as like the best movie of all time, it's a movie that I can go back and watch at any time and I'm going to enjoy it. And if it's on TV, like I don't watch, I don't watch TV, like, like classic TV, but like if we had cable, if you were just like flipping through the channels, like if it's on, I'm watching it. Like I'm not going past that. And I feel like that's a pretty good, you know, a pretty good measure. And, you know, I, th I think, you know, Shawshank Redemption is like also one up, up there, but I think Top Gun, like I first watched it with my dad. I was a kid. I don't know. When did it come out? Like the mid to late eighties, I think. 86, I think. 86. Okay. And so like, you know, like I'm, I'm in that seven, eight year old range, probably a little bit too young to see it, but probably too young to understand some of the parts that I, I shouldn't have seen. But my dad and I loved it. My dad and I still love it. I know that my son's going to love it when he sees it. And it's just, you know, it's good for all ages. And it's almost like timeless with some of like the, the lines that they have in there. And, you know, I, I, I just... I, so that that was why I chose that as my favorite of all time because there's, you know, there's never going to be a time when I'm like, you know, I'm not interested in seeing Top Gun again. I'll always watch it. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Like I have such a hard time nailing down one favorite movie. Um, it's such a hard question. Like, what's your favorite book? What's your favorite movie? I can't just pick one. I don't know. But I think that's a good like way to measure that if you were scrolling on TV and you know, came across something like, would you watch it or wouldn't you? Yeah. And I really like that you brought up those memories with your dad too, because um, it, especially with film, with television, um, especially back, you know, when cable was, you know, king and we didn't have all these streaming services, it was such a big deal to sit around, you know, the TV with your family and watch, you know, the latest when Friends was on, you know, like that was a big show at my house. I was never really a big fan, but um, my mom and my sisters were, my dad was too. I think I was just a little too young for it at the time. Um, but, you know, that was a big deal for us sitting around the, you know, the TV and watching a new episode. And it's the same thing with movies, you know, and that's kind of how I feel about Wayne's World, which is one of my favorite movies, which a lot of people think is really weird because <laughs> it's, you know, it's not really anything spectacular, but I feel the same way. It's a movie that I can watch at any time any day and it's always going to put me in a good mood and it reminds me of my dad too because uh we quoted all the time and um he was uh, a really big snl fan um back in the day and so same thing you know like you know those memories of, of watching it with family definitely helps you know make it one of those films that's timeless i wouldn't i don't know if i'd say wayne's world is on the same level as top gun as far as you know classics or timeless films co but um but similar feeling for me no, but interestingly, that it, it is on my it is on my list of movies I need to rewatch and see again, uh, because I, I I probably only saw it a couple times in the in the year or two after it came out, and then I I, I haven't seen it since. But I, I remember it being a pretty big deal and being pretty funny. And but I mean, as we all know, there's so much great content out there now. It's hard at times to like oh I can keep up with new things and go back and watch some of the favorites. Exactly, so true, and it's so hard to like compare how you felt when you saw a movie first especially if it was a long time ago like if you saw them this movie for the first time in the 80s and you saw it in the 90s like as time changes the movies change and like your feelings about the movies change based on like what's going on in the world so I think that that is an interesting thing to like kind of evaluate like what's going on in the world and how your feelings about movies change as you watch them like over time. Like, I think a good example of that was when I watched a Christmas story at Christmas, which I don't know, Peter, if you watched any of our, or if you listened to any of our um, Christmas podcasts, I had not seen a Christmas story like mm -hmm. ever um, until this last Christmas, which I was ridiculed for not having seen it. So then I finally watched it and I just didn't think that it was that great. Whereas, oh, really? Like, yeah, and a lot of people are like, no, it's so great. And I'm like, I just don't think it really like stands up as like the first time you're watching it is in 2020. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think, but it's just like so many, so many movies. You have to see it, you know, many times to like really enjoy like the subtleties and the, you know, the humor and the the leg lamp. You know, I got I got a neighbor that puts the leg lamp out in, uh, <laughs> in his front his front window in in December. You know, and I get get a good laugh out of that every time. I just yeah. think it's so weird. It is it's definitely a, it, weird. <laughs> It, it's, it's a really big award. It's a really big award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's definitely one of those movies that is a product of its time. And it is also supposed to be set back even further in time. So it's, you know, an older telling of an older story. Um, I would, I would agree with that though, that, you know, there are some movies that there are some classics that I've never seen. And um, if you try to watch it now, it's definitely not going to be, you know, the same experience as somebody who saw it for the first time. Like, for example, if I were to watch, I've never seen Jaws all the way through, which is probably like blasphemous since I love the horror genre and the monster movie genre. Um, but, you know, that movie came out in 1975 and it's obviously going to be a little dated given, you know, all of the CGI we have now. I mean, imagine making Jaws today and all of the technology that we have to make. And I, even still, like, you know, I've seen clips, like I, I, I know, what the shark looked like and it was still you know for the 70s pretty good like they did a pretty good job but just imagine you know them making it now definitely with these older classic films watching them today with today's mindset with today's kind of um you know oh gosh what's the word i'm looking for with today's like maybe the expectations of like yeah. how you yeah. know how, how smooth and clean something's going to be as far as like the editing Mm -hmm. I think there's certainly a change there, but at the same time, because th those older movies lacked, you know, as, as much in graphics and effects, I feel like so many of the them have better dialogue and storylines that make up for that. And you know that for me, that's an interesting thing to go back and look and like, oh, they're actually trying to develop something more than you know, just you know, the shock and awe that you get with, you know, some of the good graphics. That's true. Absolutely. And how, how much a good, like how much, I don't think that our actors today are bad by any means, but like, I think that when you didn't have as good of graphics, graphics or some of that stuff, you had to just be like really, really good actor to not be relying on um, like CGI and those things to sort of fill in the blanks, you know? Absolutely. So speaking of, you know, classics and being brought to today, there is going to be a new Top Gun this year and peter is telling me how excited he was for it um when does that come out well i think it was supposed to come out this spring and it was yet one more thing messed up by covid i think it's delayed until the no. fall <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I i believe it's i believe it's all done and ready ready for release and it is one that they decided that they weren't going to go direct to video with because i think the top gun experience is like a you know a big screen type thing but who knows if people want to go sit in a mm -hmm. in a theater but I, i'm i'm pretty sure it's coming out this fall it was supposed to maybe be maybe march or april of this year i i could i could be off but i've got a couple of neighbors and friends that we were definitely looking forward to seeing it and put it on pause just like lots of stuff mm -hmm. Sad. I bet so many people will go see it when it comes out. If it yeah, the, is in theaters, the I guess. The trailers, the trailers are are pretty awesome. What do you think is going to happen? I haven't seen any well, trailers I, for it. Well, uh, you know, Maverick, Tom Cruise. I believe he's. You know, I think he's a flight. He's gone back as the flight instructor, and so he's now taken on the role of uh, of teaching, um, which is you know, interestingly, how the other one ended. You know, with 30, 34 years ago. After he saved saved the world, and uh, then he wanted to he wanted to be an instructor at Top Gun. Um, I was just thinking about how a lot of drive-in theaters are becoming a thing again. They are being brought back from the dead, which I am so excited about. I love a good drive-in. I haven't seen a drive-in film since Godzilla in the late 90s. So I'm really excited for, and it's socially distant and now they have better technology. So it's not, you know, like the speakers that you put up in your window. Um, I feel like that, you know, if, if movie theaters start to die out, which would break my heart because I love going to the theater. I love the experience of seeing a movie with other people on the big screen. But if that does happen, especially, you know, if, um, if COVID remains rampant um, and drive-ins start to appear again, that is something I think that will really revive 
um, you know, physically going and seeing a movie, whether it's a throwback film or a new film. Um, I'm really excited about it. I, I love just the idea of driving up to go see a movie with a bunch of other people. I just, that just sounds so much fun to me and it's safe. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, um, because I'm, I'm older than both of you. Um, the hard thing for that is you have to wait until it's dark out before you can start the movie and the summer summertime in minnesota like it's it's, i mean it's not dark enough for a movie until like 10 o'clock and i I like to be in bed by 10 (laughs) o'clock you know winter winter time i can i can i could handle it you know Uh we can start we can start the movie at 5 30 no no problem (laughs) that's true that's a good point nina and i were talking about um so there's like you said there's been a ton of movies that have had to postpone their release date because they wanted a theatrical release. Um, I think it was A Quiet Place Part Two was supposed to come out in the spring and they decided to pull that because it is a movie that you should experience in theaters. I don't know what they're gonna do with it. I I hope they still give it um, the release that it deserves. But one of those is also Mulan, the live action remake that was supposed to come out in March, again, was pushed. And now um, I believe September 4th, they're releasing it on Disney Plus. However, so they don't lose money because I'm sure that movie costs a pretty penny to make. Um, they are still charging Disney Plus subscribers $30 to rent this movie. So <laughs> get a bunch of people together if you want to watch this one. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, that's uh, it's probably more than I'm gonna I'm gonna pay. But I guess you know if you compare it to like going going and seeing it live, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good pretty good deal. Yeah, and you get all your and, well, and drinks at home. Yeah, I know that, that. Well, that's the thing for for movies is that like they are just so expensive. I don't I don't go to them that often, but you know if you take you take two kids, two parents, you go there, you get you get drinks, and now they serve beer at theaters, and so you get a, you get a, a beer, you popcorn. I think the last movie went, you know, the last gosh, I'm it's just sound like an old parent, but the last movie I went to was the Frozen Two, and I saw that on the the IMAX screen <laughs> because it had to on opening weekend, and it was well over $80 by the time you're out of there, a family of, you know, a family of four. And wow. it's, you know, I guess $30 for a, for a streaming pass is cheap compared to that. Right. I know a lot of people are mad about it. I, we rented uh, King of Staten Island a few months ago for our podcast and it was $20. And I remember seeing, you know, the comments on the Facebook posts, like, Oh, I don't want to have to pay that to rent it. Like it is when you compare it to a typical rental. Yes. It's very expensive. I mean, a rental is what, like $5 or Redbox is only a couple of dollars. It is definitely makes a difference, but again, yeah, you're at home. You could be watching with multiple people. If you're really stingy, you can ask people to, you know, Venmo you for, for rental fees. Um, but you know, if this is, like I said, if this is the way it's going to go, you know, I'm going to embrace yeah, your, your popcorn's cheaper, your pop, your beer is cheaper, it, you know, when you're at home. So like if oh, there's a little bit of rental fee, I guess, you know, it's not, that, not that bad. And if you're Peter, you can have beer that you brewed at home, right? That's, that's <laughs> true. That's true. That's mostly because I like, uh, not because I'm such a cheapskate, but I just like, I just like making stuff. <laughs> just like making it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Top Gun, favorite movie of all time. You also said Shawshank Redemption. I know this is a hard question, but what are some other movies? Like what, what genre do you typically go for? Do you like the action movies, comedies? Are you more of like a, uh, like suspense thriller fan? What, what I, I think, I think, you know, dra- drama to me has typically more longevity, um, like slapstick humor movies. They're funny once, twice, maybe, um, but it's not, those aren't the aspects that have me uh, coming back. Um, there's got to be a little bit of like the, the drama and the, you know, subtle humor, I think, you know, goes, goes a long way. And um, I don't know. I, I think of all, you know, I like, I do like all different um, genres if they're well done, you know, it's sort of like, it's sort of like music. It's like music. If, you know, if it's well done music in a different genre, I will like it. But if it's just like, you know, something that's just tossed out there just to, you know, toss out another song, it's not, maybe not my thing. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, moving on to television. So we brought this up a little bit earlier in the podcast, but Breaking Bad was one of your favorite shows. And I loved 
the little story that you included, and I'll um, I'll tell that to everyone listening. So um, Peter was a big fan of Dexter, and that year at the Emmys, is that right, or the Golden Globes? I, I can't I can't remember like I, I which which one it is that they that they do for television. It's got to be is it Golden? I don't know. So Golden Globes is both movies and television, but Emmys is strictly television. Well, I guess it could have been either. Could have been both. True. <laughs> um, but it was um, Michael C. Hall up against, I'm assuming, Brian Cranston. And Michael C. Hall was, was Dexter, and he lost. And so that was what inspired Peter to be like, what? How could, how, could he, how could Dexter have lost to anybody? And that is what inspired you to start watching Breaking Bad and fell in love with the show. So we have talked about Breaking Bad quite a bit on here. Nina and I are big, big fans of the show. Uh, I want to know just what's your favorite part about that show? Like, what did you love the most? Well, I mean, there's so many aspects that are good. I mean, we touched on the chemistry. Obviously, that's that's interesting to me. Um, I think the cinematography in New Mexico is so beautiful. Like, there's just, like, stuff I don't see here in Minnesota or you don't see in, in Omaha. It's just different. It's just different landscapes. So there's that appeal to it. Yeah. Uh, there's the fact that I have, I know very little about the drug trade. So then everything is like new and you're like, Oh, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, and then I, I think that the, the character development is so good. And I think, you know, that's, that's one of the things I wanted to mention about, like, I, I don't watch as many movies nowadays because television and series is so good. It's like long format movies. You know, it's more like it's more like reading a book where you get good character development. And I feel like the character development in Breaking Bad was was so good. Yeah, I mean, Walter White just like he was, and I and I didn't realize like how evil he was from the very beginning. Like I went back and rewatched it mm-hmm. because friends of mine friends of mine told me they couldn't they couldn't handle it. And it, interestingly, she was also a chemistry teacher. She's like, no, it's just too dark for me. And so then after I finished it, I went back and started rewatching it, which is also, a, you know, a sign that something's pretty good if you're willing to go back and you know what's going to happen, but you go back and watch it. And it's like, oh, he was pretty evil right, right from the very beginning, you know, going in and like kicking the, the guy who's, you know, met, making fun of his son. Yeah, kicking goes out one door, comes back in the other and knocks the guy's knee. And, you know, so you, and then I'm watching it now what seven, eight years later, and like I can identify with it from a different perspective because the first time I saw it, I don't have kids. The second time I have kids, and you're like, you know, like, what would you do if you know your kids are uh, you know gonna be left without a father? You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. That's a really good point. That's one of my favorite parts about breaking bad is that it kind of gives you this like moral dilemma, like roller coaster ride throughout the entire series that like you feel bad for Walter because he is sick and he's in a financial position where he has to do something to, you know, help his family survive basically once he's gone. Um, so he's doing everything he can, but then you kind of see him turn into this really bad guy and you're like, well, but like, I mean, yeah, he's doing some bad stuff, but like, because it like if he hadn't gotten cancer, maybe he wouldn't have done this. Or if, if our healthcare system were different, maybe he wouldn't be doing this. Or you know, right. like you just kind of I just like ping pong back and forth. And those are my kind of my favorite kind of shows and movies where I'm like, wait, do I feel bad for him or do I hate him? Like, do I am I rooting for him or do I want him to die in the end? Like, I that's yeah. I watched it twice all the way through too, and like both times I was still just like, God, I don't know how I feel. And that, and that was the, my transition was from watching Dexter. And that's, that's very similar too, where you have the serial killer, but he's only killing bad people. So you're like, well, gosh, it's not right to be killing people. But at the same time, he's, he's cleaning up a lot of the mess that the, uh, that the police force is not cleaning up. And so he's getting rid of just bad people. And like, and Walter White, you're like, okay, well, he's not, you know, he, he's trying to protect his family and he's, you know, he's causing a lot of trouble for the actual drug cartel, but they were out there anyway. So like, where's the, you know, it's, I don't know. There, there's a lot of gray area. Right. I was, sorry, Jimmy. Did you watch Dexter? I can't remember. I did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I did too, which I really love Dexter. Did you say that you didn't love it? Well, no, I, <laughs> oh, go ahead, Jamie. 
I would, well, the only thing I wanted to add to Breaking Bad before we move on to Dexter is I 100% agree with everything that you said, Peter. That cinematography gets me every single time. It is a beautifully shot show and the character development is insane. One of my favorite lines of the show, and it's in the very first episode and it is clearly foreshadowing what's going to happen to Walter is he's talking about chemistry and he says it's growth, decay, and then transformation which is exactly what happens to him. You know, he has to change into this super villain. And um, in the end, you know, it, it is a complete transformation into a, a, a different man than we saw in the beginning. Definitely with the potential, but did not, was not that person in the beginning, but fantastic show. But Dexter, so it's weird. I started watching Dexter after it was over. It was on Netflix and I started watching like at season five, like I watched the, like the last half and then I went back and watched the beginning. Um, and I know that just based on um, what Peter had said when I originally asked him all these questions that the ending really made you feel gypped, right? The worst, the worst <laughs> ending of like seven years of a series, like the worst ending I have ever seen. It, it's bad. And- Contrast that to Breaking Bad, which was a spectacular ending. Yes, agreed. Like I felt I I felt cheated by the writers at Showtime after the ending on, on Dexter. It was a bummer. It was it really did feel like it, it's how I feel about How I Met Your Mother, which I watched from beginning to end. I felt like that ending just was a just a slap in the face to the fans because we spent all this time trying to meet the mom, then we finally meet her, and then they kill her off. And it's just, uh, and I, and I, yeah, I've not, I've not seen that, but, uh, oh, but my like, bad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's so, it's so disappointing though. Like if, when, when they just, I feel like drop the ball on mm-hmm. the ending. I'm so sorry. Now, I ruined that show for you. I hope you were playing. Yeah, I haven't it. watched the end of it either. Jamie Dang. I'm sorry. No, you, oh no. If, if, if it's good enough, I do You know, it's, if it's good enough, it's worth watching even when you know what's going to happen. Just like, you know, Breaking yeah. Bad, go back and watch it a second time. Yeah. But Dexter. Okay. So. Have you guys watched many series on uh, on Showtime, Dexter, Homeland? Um, I feel like they often fall into the, the trap of like one season is really, really good. And then it's almost like they maybe put their creative efforts elsewhere. And like the next season, they like it is just like mediocre. It's not good. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, well, we better do a, good, a better job this next year. And and maybe just it's just not identifying with me, but I but like the people I watch it with and talk to them, they they're like, yeah, the season's just not very good, and I feel like that happens. Like a lot, some of the Showtime series are just like every other year is going to be good, and yeah, uh, unfortunately, it, Dexter ended in a bad year. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. Um, Dexter, the end of Dexter season three like ruined my life. I was so upset. Um, Is that the one with his wife? Yes, I like literally had to take a break from the show because I was just like traumatized from it. That was bad. (laughs) That was rough. I will like never forgive. That was like, I don't know. I've never really had that with a show before that I was like, I can't even watch anymore because I'm just so upset about this. That's how I feel about, um, to bring up Breaking Bad again, um, the episode, I think it's Ozymandias, um, which is in the final season, some of the last few episodes where uh, Hank is killed and that scene where Walter tells um, Jesse the truth about what happened with Jane, I'm getting chills just talking about it because like that scene blew my mind because when that, when that happened originally, when, when Jane overdoses and, and uh, Walter just lets it happen, that was kind of the beginning of his transformation. Like you can see it come over his face. Like he's like, I didn't want to do this, but it had to be done. Like he knew mm-hmm. he had to do the hard thing, the the shitty thing, but um, in in his mind the right thing, and then telling Jesse after he had already lost so much was, oh my god, that whole episode is insane and it's just a roller coaster. But uh, no, that I I felt that way when I watched that episode and I watched it live and I just. Ugh. I have chills just thinking about it because it's such good writing and acting and oh, incredible. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I feel like that's that's a really good description. Like the the agony you feel as the viewer, and you can see you can see the the darkness like really getting darker in Walter White, and it's just like okay, well, this is I've come down this this path, and 
the only way forward for me on this path is to do this. And it's like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is getting really dark. Yep. So Peter, you had talked about, you know, Showtime shows that, you know, have those, those crappy seasons. One of the shows that you had mentioned that you had watched was Shameless, which was also a Showtime show. So um, Nina has never seen Shameless. And we talked about this in our episode with Desiree. I'm currently rewatching it. And I got to say, it's not as good in the rewatch. It's way more ridiculous than I remember. And um, something that, that Peter said that made me laugh was that show makes me feel good about the choices that I made in life, which is 100% true. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like a, uh, I mean, the best comparison I can think of is like comparing it to Seinfeld, but on, uh, on a network where you can say and do whatever you want. It's like a show about nothing except for the dysfunction of, of the family. And like, it's, yeah, it is pretty entertaining at times. Although I must say, like, I never made... I, how many seasons are there? Like 10? Like I made me. They're on their 11th and it is the last season. Okay. I think I made it through like 9.5 and I was just like, you know, there has to be better television for me, <laughs> me to watch. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting show. And yeah, I, I, that's not one that to me that's, you know, stands the test of time as some of the greatest television. It just, you know, it's just like, well, it entertains me in the moment. I would agree. Yeah, it's definitely not timeless by any means. And yeah, I, I can think of the the season that you're talking about. Um, it's actually Fiona's last season. She's not in the 10th season. I have not watched the 10th season yet, but it is on Netflix. And I'm like not looking forward to getting to that point because she kind of carries the whole show. And without yeah, her... She, they took her out? Yeah, she de- she decided to leave. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's, so, she's so good. I know. Yeah, she she was definitely the best part. It's funny because I when I first started watching the show, I knew her from um that old uh movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, um The Day After Tomorrow. Have either of you guys ever seen I, that movie? I I haven't no, I haven't seen that. It is a uh environmental film. I remember um it was very polarizing, um, mostly for maybe like inaccuracies as far as like global warming goes, but she was in that. That movie's pretty, pretty crazy. There's like a giant freeze and a ridiculous snowstorm. And there's like this scene of the Statue of Liberty, like sticking out of the snow. Like it's, it's wild. Um, but she was also in the, um, film version of, um, Phantom of the Opera. She has a beautiful voice. She's a very, she's a very talented actress, and she did a great job, uh, yeah. a great job in that series. I, I did, I did like it. The, the, you know, but it's it's pretty simple to see like what their plan was. Okay, this season, which one of these kids are we going to focus on as being the complete, you know, the complete screw up? Who's going to have the major yeah. problems this season? And you know, that's yeah. what that's what it circles around. Okay, absolutely. That brings me to my next question. So. Um, there's definitely a lot out there, especially with streaming services nowadays where, um, you know, there's tons of shows to pick from, but there are some that we try and, you know, maybe it was recommended to us by other people and we just couldn't get through it. Do you have, is there a show like that for you that you just, you just couldn't get into? Oh, you know, well, I, one that I have, I mean, I'm two seasons in, I think there's maybe four or five was the Americans. I think, I don't know if it was originally done on FX. I think it was done on FX and it's now on Amazon Prime. And some friends told us that it was really good and they just like, oh, I can't, I just wish it wasn't over. And maybe I just have to get through like the lull, but I I feel like it's just, it's just getting, it's just boring for me. And, yeah. you know, and I guess, I guess to anybody listening out there, like mo- I get to realize I, I do most of my television watching. Like I'm, I'm either on my treadmill or on like a stationary bike and I do, that's just the morning routine. So I get, get up and exercise in one form and watch TV and, you know, Americans was one of those like, yeah, it's maybe it's good, but it just, it, it just couldn't, couldn't hold me. Yeah. That's how I felt about you. had also mentioned Man in the High Castle. We were actually supposed yeah. to review that show, and the first season at least. I couldn't get through it. I couldn't get past the first I, episode, and I felt like I let Nina. I really down. liked it. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. We're gonna have to think of something else. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm about two. I'm about two seasons in, and 
I, I'd say like the appeal to me there is just like the alternative history, just thinking about how things could be different. And that's interesting because I don't, you know, I just don't think in those terms that often. I always think about like, okay, you know, what are we doing now and what are we doing going forward? But like, not like, well, what would it have been if, if we wouldn't have won World War II? And this, that was an interesting, an interesting thought process for me. And, um, but it, I mean, it is a slower drama. I mean, I would say it's, it's, it, it is, it is much slower and, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't match up quite as well for treadmill and bike time. No, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was actually, I mean, I, it was a really good show. We watched the whole thing. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And I also was really interested in the, the like, you know, alternate history though. I don't know if you're at this point, but it really becomes more of like a sci-fi, um, show after i think it's like the end of season two or something um where basically they start getting into this whole like um what do you call it like parallel universe type situation which i was they kind of started losing me there oh then it's good it's a good thing that i uh, i stopped when i did because i don't i probably don't need to keep going like i yeah being a science teacher i like i like real science and um, (laughs) I, i don't i don't get into science fiction too much um, speaking yeah. of science fiction, um, Peter, did you ever watch Upload on Amazon Prime? I did not. Is it good? I liked it. It's um, from the it's from Greg Daniels, uh, creator of The Office, um, and it is. If, I don't know if it's supposed to be like present time, but just farther advanced tech tech wise, or if it's in the future. But it's pretty much a world where when you die, you can upload your conscience consciousness to another existence so you never really die like you go to this other like this utopia of sorts it was really interesting um definitely not based in any science but it's kind of cool you know if if we have that option you know after our our physical bodies pass if we could upload our our mind to you know this digital world it was definitely really interesting an interesting and it was pretty funny too like there was definitely a lot of like satire and um, and then, then what do we do? We exist as like uh, just uh, the content we have we have accumulated through our lives. So we're a bunch of uh, ones and zeros, ones and zeros. Pretty much, yeah. Like it's um, and I mean like anything's possible there, and you can look how you want, and it's it's interesting. It's really cool. Huh. I'll have to maybe check check that out. Upload, yeah. you said? Yes, one season okay. on Amazon Prime. It's a really fast watch too. They're about thirty minute episodes. Okay, what one one. And it's just a, a short mini series that I just I just finished. And I don't know if you did you guys see the Last Dance with Michael Jordan? No, but you had mentioned that. How was that? Oh, spectacular! Spectacular. It's on my watch list. Uh, it it should. It, I think that it's so. It's ten episodes. It was originally done in collaboration with ESPN and Netflix, and it was re- released this summer. And I think it got huge ratings because, of course, there's no there's no sports. And so people are like, Oh, good. I can finally watch sports, even right. if it's reruns. But I would say like for anybody who like strives to be good at something, it's, Oh, it is something worth watching. Like, like Michael Jordan, like everybody knows like, Oh, he's a good basketball player, great basketball player, maybe the best basketball player. But when you see how competitive he was and essentially like the stop at nothing to be the best and make his teammates the best and how he wouldn't accept any mediocrity. It, like it really elevated like, like his status, it, like how I thought of him just because of like how driven you'd have to be and how easy, how easy it would be if you were that successful and making that many millions of dollars to just not do anything, just sort of coast. And mm-hmm. that man was not satisfied with coasting. It was really good. That is definitely, I feel like a, a mantra of, of Rich and the brand team. Rich has on his phone um, more, 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 you know, always pushing, striving for, you know, striving to be better. I think that that, yeah, Michael Jordan emulates all of that, you know, just always pushing yourself to be your best self and to be better than, than you know, your best self even. So that, I, I love that. I would, I will definitely give that one a watch. Is it a mini series? How many episodes is it? 10 episodes. Each episode is about 50 minutes, I think. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's achievable. It's not like a, it's not like a, you know, Oh, I really have to start that six, you know, six season, you know, show and they like, there's so much going on. 
I'm a big fan of the miniseries for sure because it feels like just a long movie. You yeah. know, all, all loose ends get tied up, and and you know that it's over when it, when the miniseries is done. So I like that about those kinds of things. I also love Michael Jordan. Like I think about the kids these days. I don't know when Michael Jordan stopped playing professionally. Do you know? Well, it was 98 was when he stopped with the Bulls. And then I can't remember if he took a year off, but then he came back with the Washington Wizards for right. a, a few years after that. But but 98 was the end of his pure dominance. Right. I just think about kids these days that didn't grow up with him as like this huge like sports superstar and like somebody to like look up to and aspire to in the sports world. Like I remember... I think like in middle school, I wrote like a, you know, it was like, who's like one of your like celebrity heroes or like somebody that you would want to meet that's a celebrity. And I wrote about Michael Jordan because, um, and I don't really even love basketball all that much, but um, what he's chosen to do with his like personal time and with his money and his philanthropy um, is so like inspirational and just he's just a cool guy. He's just really, really great. And it's crazy to me to think that like he dominated such a long period of time, um, in the sports world, like so many like decades of just doing, you know, being the best basketball player ever pretty much. And then now it's kind of over and he's just, you know, doing his, doing his thing outside of sports now. It's just crazy. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, when you, well, for, for me, it was, you know, it was a really awesome thing to watch because back when I was growing up and his his dominance would have been like middle school, high school era for me. And this is back in the, before the eras of like ESPN 1 through ESPN, the Ocho. You got every single, you know, sports show you want, you can watch. This is back in like, maybe you have ESPN, but the show, but the channel we did have was WGN out of Chicago. So I could see the Cubs and I could see the Bulls. And so he was one of those people I could always watch. And I like, yeah, this guy's really, really good. And so then like, you know, you go to back down memory lane with that and you see, you see like actually how much better he was than anybody and how he made all of his teammates better. It was, uh, it was really interesting, really interesting to watch. Is it true? Guy. Is it true that he didn't make his high school team? Yeah, as a as a freshman, and then he then he did after after that, and he apparently just played hard, worked hard, and was super competitive. They talked about how he would get in fights with his older brother when they when one of them would win or lose, and like there was just a lot of competition within the uh, yeah, within the family, and then everywhere after that. It's awesome. And like how how skinny he was when he started in the NBA. Like that was that was. He looks so a lot amazing. different now. He does. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a life of leisure does versus a life of having to be a, you know, a superstar athlete. So true. Um, did I hear that they were remaking Space Jam? I did hear that I, a while ago, but I thought that they were make, remaking it with Kobe. Oh, well, like, that's probably sad. that's probably not going to happen. No. Yeah, yeah, that was weird in this. That was weird in this in the Michael Jordan thing was because it, Kobe was one of the people that they interview and and talked about and, and he was talking about like how mm. much respect he had for Michael Jordan and how helpful Michael Jordan was when um, Kobe came into the league. And they also talked about the summer of filming the original Space Jam and Jordan had, had told them that he needed to have a place to work out, so they built him his own his own dome and state essentially like a small workout <laughs> basketball court. And he would invite all of his friends and they basically like playing pickup games that were like the NBA all-star games. He just like invited his best friends out there to like play some games at night. And so they'd film during the day and all night they would, you know, like, I don't know, probably six, six until 10 or 11 o'clock at night, they'd play basketball. And it, it, he, and the other thing that was so interesting and I, my wife and I were, were watching this together is just like how much more engaged these players were with each other on the bus, on the planes, in the locker rooms, hanging out because they didn't have phones. They didn't have, you know, mute earbuds in like, no, they're playing cards. They're just Looking around with each other, and they're in the they're in the moment in a way that you just don't see now. Like now, everybody gets off the, you know, the bus or the plane, and they got uh, you know Bose noise canceling headphones on, and you know they're sort of in their own zone. And these guys are joking around with each other. It's it was 
a different era. That's yeah. so true. Um, I just Googled really quick while we were on here, um, Space Jam 2, and it's actually with LeBron James, oh. and it comes out next July. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. I wonder if Michael Jordan's going to have like a little cameo in it. Oh, he better. I mean, he made Space Jam, so he has to. I know. Like Love an it. audience or something. I always thought it was really cool with um, Wolf of Wall Street that the actual um, uh, character that, uh, this is based on a true story, um, the the guy that Leonardo is playing, he's in the final scene. He's in like the audience because, um, oh gosh, what is that guy's name? Uh, Jordan Belfort. Um, so he actually became like um, like a motivational speaker and um, they show a scene of, of Leonardo playing him doing that at the end and the final shot has the actual Jordan Belfort, which I thought was kind of cool. They might do something like that. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, Jordan, Jordan could be a, he could be a ref. Um, all right, let's get into our final question. So um, there are definitely shows that stand the test of time, at least for, for ourselves, and we watch over and over and over again. So Peter, what are some shows that you can watch over and over again? Well, I, I think Seinfeld has to be at the top of that list because, you know, just like Top Gun, like if I see Seinfeld on there, I'm not changing the channel. And I don't think I've seen necessarily every single episode, but pretty close to them. And like, you just turn it on and it's just so funny. Like I, their, their humor is just, is just so good. And, you know, it's, you know, I made the comparison to Shameless earlier, but it's like, it's like Shameless where the humor is funny and it's not just like a show about nothing that it's just absolutely nothing. It's like a show that's, you know, pretty funny. And, you know, I mean, it still has so many good like cultural references. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what is it now? T- 25 years later, like, you know, people celebrating Festivus, you know, get out the Festivus bowl. We had that at Atlas, like the Festivus yes. bowl. Tell yeah. me your, tell me your grievances. It's not over until we pin the host. I mean, there's so much good stuff. I think I, I would have to put, I'd have to put Seinfeld up there as far as like any old show, like I could just keep watching. And then like for new stuff, like I, I enjoy watching the daily show with Trevor Noah, a good, a good mix of, of current events, politics, uh, humor, sometimes some interviews with some interesting people. I, and I, I really like the daily show back with John Stewart and it was, it was different then, but it's still, it's still good now. Yeah. I love Trevor Noah too. Have you been watching since he's been doing his episodes at home? Yeah. I mean, what Every night he's got a different, uh, different sweatshirt on. Like, I wonder how many like different hoodies he's gone through and like mm-hmm. what his shopping is. He's just like on Amazon. Like I'll, I'll take, I'll take every single one. We don't know how long it's going to stay like this in New York. And yeah, every single night's a different, different hoodie. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen his stand up? Uh, I have not. I knew that he did stand up, but I, ha- I have not seen it. I think it at least was on Netflix at one point, um, at least one of his shows. And I mean, if you like, his show if you like the daily show you will like his stand-up he is just so smart and so just like you know doesn't try too hard to hit the jokes like he's just naturally very funny but also very observant and especially being from South Africa he has a lot to say about you know the way we do things and it was just really I really liked it but I I love that show too he's great yeah I'm yeah since he's from South Africa he really he really can bring in like a a, a frame of reference and some humor that you know another person can't and he can make fun of things in a different way and get and get away with it um, Mm -hmm. based upon that I thought it was really funny speaking of um uh Seinfeld I remember recently seeing like a meme come up um of the episode where he um or um Kramer is uh they're doing some sort of march and they have those ribbons and everyone's like, oh, he's not wearing a ribbon. He's not wearing a ribbon. It was like comparing it to people wearing masks today. And I just thought that was very funny. Like just very, like you said, it's still culturally relevant. Um, you know, you can compare, you know, the, the satire and the show at the time, the things that are going on right now. Definitely it's, they, you know, wear your mask, but just still very funny, that little comparison there. Yeah, I, yeah, I think if you just you just turn turn on Seinfeld, you're probably going to see something that's um, that's pretty funny. I, when I was teaching, I remember like I had a student that was, you know, he put some his homework assignment problems that he needed to do into his uh, into his wallet, and I looked I looked at the when he put it in there, and the wallet was like just like bursting at the seams. I'm like, you've got a Costanza wallet, <laughs> and he's like, what's a Costanza wallet? You know, because the, the high schoolers and it's like this is like the 
late 2000s, early 2010s, and they hadn't seen Seinfeld. And so then I pulled, I, I pulled up on, on the big screen uh, that we had, the projector. I like pulled up Costanza Wallet on YouTube. And like the kids were really like, this is really funny. You know, like Costanza Wallet, he had one last thing in there. He tries closing it and everything bursts and goes flying into the, into the street and George's life is ruined. But yeah, the, the Costanza Wallet, you know, there's just, there's so many things you can just pull out and just, you know, Seinfeld, Seinfeld had some pretty good commentary on that stuff. It did. I loved the, the episode too with, I forget the character's name, but she had, she was wearing the bras, a shirt, and then they compared it to the OJ trial, how she's like trying to put it on and like, so funny. Like imagine if they tried to do Seinfeld now, I don't think they could, but um, just, you know, that level of, you know, awareness of, of the world and the political climate is, and just the, uh, um, uh, pop culture climate as well was was very smart that was a good one um well that is going to conclude today's episode of atlas now streaming peter thank you so much for joining us oh jamie and nina nina it was great to be here i uh, appreciate the invitation it's yeah. uh, it's always fun to sort of go back down memory lane with some some good old shows and learn yeah. what uh, you guys are, are watching and listening or i guess watching and talk about those yeah i enjoyed it Thank you so much. We appreciated it. Where can we find you on social media? Well, I guess I do have a few things posted on Facebook, but they're mostly just stuff I do with Atlas. You know, I am not much of a social media kind of guy. I, my, uh, I like, I like real stuff. I like, uh, I take my hobbies seriously. I like, uh, I like exercising outdoors, endurance sports. I like keeping bees, making maple syrup. How do you have time uh, for it? Chickens. Too busy. Do more of that. I'm not much of a, um, I not much of a social media presence kind of person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like the, you know, Rich asked me to do, do some videos of of some of the hobbies and I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed doing those and and posting some of those. And so they do, they do show up on social media, but it's usually what, you, you know, what, what rich or john or you guys are are, are putting out there uh, for yeah. me and um but i just uh i i'm more of a uh, a text and a phone call kind of kind of person than a, uh, a social media person gotcha so if people want to reach out to you if they're looking for jobs call or text call call or text i mean you can find me on atlas atlasmedstaff.com and you type in peter summers you're gonna you're gonna find me so i mean that's that's where i am i got a, a bio page up there um there's a bunch of bunch of videos through uh on youtube and on facebook but uh you know if you're if you're looking for for me on on facebook i guess i guess i'm there but uh guys <laughs> i just check atlasmedstaff.com yeah so uh, like peter said peter the hobbyist um we have tons of videos of the different awesome things that Peter does at home, all of his different hobbies. So look out for those. I'm sure there are a few new ones coming, but again, Peter, thank you for joining us. This was a ton of fun. Um, And thank you all for listening. As always, if there's anything out there that you guys are watching that you think we should give a review, please let us know and we will add it to our list. But until then, keep on streaming. See you next time. All right. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.